For a change, I was on the receiving end of a conversation. Kelsey Vachelter is a good friend of mine from Cape Town, South Africa, and she interviewed me and just asked me about a whole bunch of things that I'm up to recently. This conversation was super raw, super vulnerable, and it expressed a deep truth that I believe I've been living for a very long time now, which is that you don't need another self-improvement book or guru or six-month retreats in the Tibetan mountains, you know, listening to some dude chant. You don't even need me. What you need is to listen to your own body, to listen to the own wisdom that's within you. And for me, my truth in that is expressing that through three modalities, which is meat, movement, and mindfulness. I really do believe that these three modalities are inherently human and they make us who we are. So when you're eating meat for your mind and you're moving for your body, and you being mindful for your soul, you are essentially awakening that inner shaman. You are awakening that God within you. Before we begin today's conversation, go follow Kalsi at Kalsi Bechalta and go listen to our two episodes that we had previously together where it was mainly me asking Kalsi about a whole bunch of things that she's done in her life and she has a wealth of knowledge to impart onto the world. So that's why I really enjoyed those conversations. But without further ado, please enjoy this raw and vulnerable and beautiful conversation between myself and Kelsey. Cheers. Welcome to the Human Theatre. Thanks, Kelsey. I appreciate it. It's good to be on the on the show. Yeah, it's such a cool honor to have you here. For well, we've already done. We've we have recorded um, two episodes already on your channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the third round three for us, but round one on the Human Theatre. How does it feel like to be on the other end for a change? <laughs> if I'm being brutally honest, it feels very like a bit overwhelming for me because I, my mind, the way it works and <laughs> a lot going on because <laughs> I, I kind of know when you have an outline of questions you want to ask, it's easy. You know, that's the easy part. The hard part is actually articulating your own story to other people. But I, but I think that is the most important part, you know, like your story is like, it's not unique. It's actually universal. So it's a good challenge for me. And I, and, and I, uh, I want to be patient with myself and show myself love because I might not always show up maybe in the way that I want to, but I'm going to try my best in this case to just like articulate the things we're going to get into as best as possible. So I apologize in advance if it's not <laughs> always making sense, but hopefully it does. Hopefully it, hopefully it leads somewhere. I'm sure it will. No, I think it definitely will. I think it's very easy to be hard on ourselves. And I think even if you're the interviewer or the interviewee, mm-hmm. like y- you can still leave any situation being like, oh, I could have said this, I should have said this. But I mean, I suppose that's that's anything in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking of an audition like, oh my gosh, I should have done that. But you can't, I know it's easier said than done, but you really cannot berate yourself. And I think it'll be perfect for whatever the moment in that moment is is requiring. So again, mm. thank you for coming on the show. It's really cool to interview you for a change. <laughs> um, <laughs> so where in the world are you speaking to us from? So I'm currently in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, yeah, it's I've, I've recently moved back to Cape Town from Amsterdam. Um, I spent two years living there. Um, obviously COVID happened. I moved, I moved like during the, the peak of the, the pandemic and stuff. So it was very difficult for me to be honest. Um, you know, there's that saying like you go through the dark nights of your soul sort of vibe. Like that's what it felt like for me. It was extremely lonely and 
Um, but at the same time, super, super beneficial in, in, in realizing what I want to do in the world and, and how I want to grow and things like that. And ah, I just realized um, Cape Town is where my people are at at this stage of my life. And um, it, it has been crazy moving back here. I'm still waiting for half my stuff from Netherlands, which is coming <laughs> on a container ship. So I'm currently sitting on a garden chair and everything just seems a little bit out of place. But, I, but I'm also trying not to be that person that I have been in the past saying, when this happens, I can do this and X and I'll be happy and whatever. I'm actually just sinking into who I am right now. And I'm consciously trying to just be grateful for everything that I've got right now. And obviously, I do feel like a fish that's swimming like against the current because everyone's trying to leave South Africa and go to Amsterdam. And now here I am moving back to Cape Town. So it feels very strange. It feels very weird. But at the same time, it feels good. I'm, I'm happy. I, I, I would rather be struggling here right now than struggling you know, overseas where I was. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. I think specifically you know, at our age, you know, mid to late twenties, early thirties, I suppose. Um, uh, Oof, I think that sounds it is, very um, scary. We're yeah, not thirty, both, both, just... I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> but... I think I'm just, I'm just clumping a bit yeah. of an age group. You know, no, it is, no, it I is a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a bit. <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, if you round us up, we are basically thirty. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, I think in this time of our lives, like I think especially in a, during a time where it is so unpredictable, like already life is unpredictable at this age but you know compounding covid and everything else in the war and i think it is i've also experienced it myself and i'm sure many other people as well it's just it is kind of unsettling because at this stage of our lives you know we're young ish and we are um you know looking to quote unquote settle down somewhere and where should that be but i think just as covid brought about a new normal i think it really did bring about a new normal. And I don't know if anyone really has answers for any certainty of like, you know, where should I be in the world or whatnot? But I, yeah, I mean, that's I'm totally digging into another rabbit hole. But I think a lot of people are in that position. I mean, well, I, I can only speak for myself. I definitely am. Mm. Um, I definitely am. Because, yeah, I mean, I would love to experience living in a different country and I'm thinking about that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, actually you're the second person who I've spoken to this week who is saying like, oh my gosh, I'd rather be in South Africa right now mm. than mm. anywhere else. So it is very interesting. It is very interesting. And I think it also plays with this idea of like, where is home? Mm. And I think, as you said, right in the beginning, it's so powerful how you mentioned you're trying to, you're consciously working on being okay and at home, quote unquote, mm. at home within yourself, no matter where you are in the world. Mm. And that's a very important and profound um, point. And I know you've been, you know, considering that a lot. So, mm. um, yeah, I don't know if you want to bring anything else up to the floor on like that concept of home. Like, mm. yeah. Yeah, I think honestly as cliche as it sounds like home is where the heart is like it really is it, it is it's where so we're going to get into we're going to get into some stuff today which is which i'm really excited to get into but i like to think that almost everything we need in life is is internal it's intrinsic it's within our bodies it's within the wisdom of of our souls but there is one thing there is one aspect that we need Otherwise, we will perish. And for me, that is community. 
and that's external. But that is something that we need. And it took me moving over and being super lonely and depressed and whatnot to realize this, that you need the people, you need certain people and environments to flourish. And for me, that's where my community is right now in Cape Town. And I missed it. And I missed the people that bring me joy and happiness in my life. And I never appreciated it as such until obviously the pandemic. And I'm, sh- I'm not alone. I'm not saying that I'm alone in this. I'm just, I'm expressing my universal story in this. But uh, for me, home is where your community is. And it's so, so important that you have that community because it's so easy, especially in the world of self-improvement and the world of biohacking and all this, you know, stuff that I'm sure we, we know and love and get into. And it's all very purposeful and it all plays a role. But if you don't share the joys of your life with the people you love and your community and you're not expressing that love in many different ways, and it, to me, it's, it's, it's meaningless. Uh, that's, that's my view of it, at least, is that you, you have to share this experience of life with people that appreciate you for who you are. And, and hustling is cool and it's great. And especially, again, our age, 26, 27, full-on hustle. It's, I feel like it's two polarities right now. It's full-on hustle culture where you are driven Gary V type, you know, just marketing yourself, whatever, whatever. Or you are just going out and getting fucked every night and you don't give a shit and that's your rebellion and so, so be it. You know what I'm saying? There's like those two extremes right now. But ultimately... It is the, the, the people that appreciate you, appreciate your art, appreciate your, um, your weirdness in the world and everything that you have to offer. And, and, that, and, and that is part of like integration. That's part of healing. You know, it's, it's not, healing is not done in isolation. In fact, the biggest, the biggest part of your healing is the grunt work, is, is being with your community and, let, and being vulnerable, you know, letting them... I don't know, let's just say letting them say things about you that maybe you maybe find a bit awkward about yourself, but it's them expressing that to you and and you taking that on and feeling it and feeling the sort of the pain behind it because you get triggered and being vulnerable in the face of your community that makes you grow stronger and makes you become wiser and things like that. So it's so easy to, again, live in isolation, which I've done (laughs) many times. And it's my natural tendency is to go and do things by myself and and create by myself and whatnot. But I've now come to appreciate the importance of, again, community. This, mm-hmm. this, this one vital nutrient that we need that's, that's outside of ourselves, you know. Yeah. Mm. Vitamin C. Exactly. Community. The other yeah. vitamin C. <laughs> I mean, yes. community is definitely a tenant of health. I mean, if you think mm. back to our hunter-gatherer ancestors, I mean, mm. we evolved as a human species, not alone. Mm. Um, and yes, it is important to spend time and to be able to be okay with spending time alone. Um, but it, it needs to be balanced out. So what I'm mm. hearing you say, it needs to mm. be, there is always, and I know balance can be a very triggering word for people because it's like, there's no like definitive formula of like, this is balance because that's also always changing at, at every stage of your life, at every moment of the day that you're always requiring something different. Like the only constant is change. Mm. But just as much as we need community and to be able to spend time with other people 
so too do we need to balance that out with being okay and being at home and comfortable mm. within ourselves. And I think you've mm. brought up so many um, topics that we can like dive deep into, but specifically, I really do appreciate you bringing to the floor of how important community is. And I think everyone can kind of um, attest to this because during COVID, we were completely isolated from one another. And I mean, thank goodness for the world that we live in where there were things like Zoom and WeChat mm. and social media. But there is a bit of a dichotomy because even on social media, like, yes, we're technically connected, but at the same time, we're actually the most disconnected we've ever been. Because mm. I don't think, I don't know if you want to elaborate, like, I don't know if you want to share any of your thoughts on this, but there's definitely something different from like virtual communication to in-person mm. human, actual human connection. Definitely. And I just want to add that when COVID hits, I was happy as a sod. I was, that was literally, it was the happiest one of the, some of the happiest moments of my life. I went off social media for three months. I focused on my creativity. I was finishing up varsity. I had my routine. I was so stoked with life. Like I didn't have to pretend like I could go out and go to the pub and be happy with small talk and shitty conversations. <laughs> like I literally, I was just so happy because, but that just showed, that just brought to light also some things. It's like, oh, okay like you're very comfortable in the situation and 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 then I was sort of running away and there was a very fear-based decision that led me to go to Amsterdam and 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 discover new territories there and I got a great job and I was working online I was working on Zoom like 8 hours a day and my whole life revolved around um somebody else um but yeah I just think that like you said, that that virtual connection is is definitely not <laughs> where I'm happiest. I'm happiest when I'm I can feel somebody's energy, their body, and their and their and their soul. And you know, when you look in someone's eyes, and you just like you you just literally enter this state of timelessness. And I live for those moments. And um. I, I pre and it made me appreciate them. It makes me appreciate them even more now. And it's funny. I was I was chatting to somebody yesterday about how I was so depleted of that when I was in Amsterdam, and also during COVID and stuff, and during the beginning parts, or sorry, the later parts, because the beginning parts were pretty fun when everybody was losing their shits. I was finding myself, but when I found myself, so to speak, and then things started to like just unravel a bit more, and I had to sort of go back into the community life a bit more i i was so depleted of that that now i'm sort of like trying to make up for it so like i'm saying yes to everything now and going but like you said the balance is that i need to know myself well enough and know my body's wisdom that i do need these moments where i do retreat a bit and i do write and i do deep work without the distraction of my phone because that is truly like my deep core, which what, what brings me the most joy is is those moments of actual isolation and reflection, but then also just not being afraid to be vulnerable again and going out and then ex and, and then sharing your ideas, your weirdness with the world, you know. And and again, it's like you said, it is that it's that balance between you know that if we go back to hunter gatherer type vibe, coming back to your community, sharing food. Uh, being sacred, telling stories, but then going out into the wilderness by yourself and and reflecting and 
and doing that. So I, I, I like that, the way you describe that. I think it's really cool. For you, I think I'm just trying to make things a bit more practical and actionable. What mm. does periods of self-reflection look like for you? Like how how does your self-reflection practice look mm. like yeah. and becoming more conscious? That's a really good topic. Um, so we get, I think we're going to get into it like my, the way I, I think about the world currently and the way I, the way I want to express sort of a practical way people can live better, you know, through health and happiness and, and meet movement mindfulness. We will get into that. But if I think about it, that that's like mindfulness for me, mindfulness is remembering who you are. Mm. Like it's as simple as that. And the way you do that is through presence. So whether that's meditation, whether it's journaling, whether it's journeying with psychedelics, uh, forest bathing, being in nature, whatever it is, but it's remembering who you are. And it's so easy with the proliferation of distractions in this modern world to forget who we are. Um, so my favorite way of doing that is de- like my favorite ways of sort of outlining them, but like I will wake up every day and I've got a remarkable tablet thing here. I will journal every day and I'll, and, and I physically like the, the, I physically enjoy the, the aspect of writing things down, you know, I used to type a bit, but I think writing is this, like, it has a sacredness to it. And my handwriting is shit. Like you can ask people, at, I, I coach CrossFit and I write on the board, everyone laughs at my handwriting. So it's terrible. So I, most of the time I can't even read what I'm writing if I go back, which is a bit embarrassing, but it's not about that. It's about just expressing your thoughts on paper and seeing, seeing how crazy your your thinking patterns are and the things that you've been obsessing about so when you write them down unadulterated and um like in its raw form you actually just see how crazy things can be in your mind and it's 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 just that it's just thoughts it's just things you don't have to act on them always but writing them down i feel like when i don't journal um you know, when you just feel a bit like clogged, like your, 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 mm. your RAM, your memory in your head is a bit, uh, just it's, it's obstructed and you just need to release that. So you defragmenting your mind when you journal. So that's like number one. And then I always meditate, not, I, I pretty much always meditate every day. I use the waking up app by Sam Harris as a guide. Um, Again, I'm not a big fan of gurus or guides or things like that. In fact, my whole philosophy is the anti-guru. It's it's about awakening your inner shaman, your inner guide. But there are useful apps like Waking Up. And Sam Harris um, is a is a great mentor to me, and 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 I've I've found great joy in in listening to his guided sits daily, and just getting back into the present moment. I used to do something called priming, but which Tony Robbins taught which is a more manifestation practice. Um, very powerful. You uh, use deep breaths, uh, deep fast breaths through your nose and you punch your hands in the air for like 30 counts. It sounds silly, but it's really powerful because you're nasal breathing. And then you put your hand in your heart and you close your eyes and you feel your heartbeat. And like even now, I can just feel my heartbeat. And like you just be grateful and you feel the blood rushing through your veins and things. And then that's a manifestation practice. And then you end that with three things that you want to happen and you envision that. But I have found in the past that that envisioning 
and manifestation, a lot of a lot of things that I wanted to manifest have come true to a certain extent. But it prevented me from really embracing the present and really letting the natural wonders of the world sort of unravel. Um, so I much prefer now to just meditate and just be with what is instead of manifesting so much. So that's that's something that's changed, you know, a lot in me is 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 not manifesting and, and rather letting go and letting be. And then again, um, maybe I've lost sight of your, your original question. I hope I've answered that. So, so you said daily. Yeah, so psychedelics, I definitely don't use daily. So maybe I won't bring that. <laughs> but um, that's another form of, of mindfulness that I'm very passionate about. And I think it has immense benefits um, to the people if you do it right and, and you are willing to let go. And then, yeah, as much as possible, taking off my shoes and, and spending time, time in nature and feeling the ground, feeling the earth, Again, people can create a whole brand on earthing and say that that's the be all and end all. And again, we can get into what I think about that in itself. But if you just, if you just are, if we just think about it practically, when you take your shoes off and you stand on the earth and you feel the earth's energy, there is something there. You can't deny that. That is universal and inherent. I don't need science to back that up. And 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 that's a lot of what I'm trying to get at here is that you can go read all the scientific papers in the world they will all contradict each other so you need to follow your body's wisdom and the universe's wisdom so that's another thing that i love to do is just earthing is just going and and feeling the the, the earth's feet which i haven't done in a while which i should probably do (laughs) maybe later when we have a bra (laughs) yes yes josh is coming over for a bra later we're very excited um (laughs) Because also load shedding and at least we can bry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, you brought up so many things. Firstly, with the writing, I-, I loved when you were speaking about how the effects that writing and journaling has on you. I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is basically a detox. Hmm. Like writing it out, even speaking it out to a friend. Again, the importance of having community and hmm. other human beings around you. Just releasing it from your mind is hmm. such a form of detox. Otherwise, it just stays stuck. Mm. And it's just ruminating in your head. I think that's mm. that's quite powerful. And then I love this is this is powerful. This could be very controversial, but I know that manifestation is huge right now. Mm. But to be constantly in a future focused sort of state of mind and orientation, is that not just an avoidance yeah. of sitting with you in the present? And I'm just playing devil's advocate because I also manifest and it's important to do so. It's such a great tool and a very practical tool of setting goals and actually working towards those goals. But if you're constantly, oh, I'm manifesting this, I'm manifesting Mm. that, like, okay, that's all talk, but like, are you actually, you know, sitting, you know, like in the present? And I will, I will add that I do, I do have um, affirmations, like two, I literally got two affirmations that I've written down that are close to my heart and I, and I read every day but I no longer actually do the whole envisioning of it. It's just there. And it's like, it's like my preference. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's like a, it's just a thing that I'm. It's, it's an there. anchor. It's an anchor it's that an I'm anchor after. That keep- but I no longer obsess about it the way I used to. Um, because there's lessons in that, you know, in and of itself. And like you said, mm. it is a way to avoid certain emotions and feelings. And um, yeah, it's it, it can be very powerful, but also very destructive manifest, yeah. manifesting things. Yeah. I think as you brought up as well, it's like, uh, there's so much noise out there 
and to be able to have like the the strong remembering and also I mean, you spoke about it's all about remembering who you are. But mm. I would also add to that that it's also about reconnecting mm. and like honoring. Like it's all very well that you're conscious of maybe what you want in life and what your morals are and what your goals are. But actually reconnecting to that and then honoring whatever your aspirations are mm. is is another thing. Mm. But um, I mean, just going back to there's so much noise out there. And I love how you have sort of worded and coined this phrase that I love. It's just awakening your inner shaman. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you want to maybe just riff a bit on like awake. What, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, what, like how, how does noise around mm -hmm. us, like, what does that even mean? Like how, I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to just get sucked up into so much and everything, but yeah, I don't know if you want to just riff on awakening your inner shaman. Yeah, so I know there is a somebody did write, write a book like literally awakening your inner shaman, and it has nothing to do with that book. I literally came to this, so I like to just say awakening your shaman, but inner is definitely part of it because it is your shaman. But the best way I can describe this is that I really fundamentally I, I keep returning to this truth that inside of us that we have this guide and we have this inner knowing this inner shaman and for those that don't know a shaman is somebody when you go on a psychedelic journey that leads you through the journey and he's your guide or she's your guide and you set an intention but we are so it's so easy to attach ourselves to guides and gurus and politicians and people in our lives when we, we want direction from them we want an answer from them the only problem with that is that you never trust your own body's wisdom and your own body's guide and your own body's shaman. And this can be very destructive because then when things do, when things don't go as planned or the way that they've described, it's so easy to fall back in old tendencies and old ways and things like that. And I mean, you know, a prime example which happened right recently was like liver king, you know, being exposed for steroid use or whatever. But But so many people were like, confused or disappointed or like because it's because they attach themselves to this guy and they thought oh if i just eat raw liver i will look like this dude and everyone's like no that's not that's not what happens but back to the the awakening your inner shaman it so during like the peak covid again this is why psychedelics have a, have a place in my heart is that i used i, I used psychedelics previously in only party settings and I've had some seriously fun times and I've had some seriously dangerous, dark moments with them. All revealing aspects of my life that which would, would have never have particularly come to light unless I had indulged in them. But I decided that I wanted to go and, ex and experience the medicine, the plant medicine, um, in a ceremonial setting. So I went for... A San Pedro ceremony, which is a, is a is a cactus masculine, and it was a long trip. It lasted almost an entire day. It was very revealing to me. But my God said that this would awaken this shamanic body, and it did. It 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 literally it literally showed me the shamanic body within me, and I was in lots of pain, physically, emotionally, mentally. I was in lots of pain. Um, if I go back for a second, I like to think that at the moment there's like Tony Robbins, one of my like original mentors, mentors and gurus and somebody that I've always looked up to. 
he said that decisions are destiny. Decisions change your life. So if I go back to 2013, I was this really fat, unhappy, overweight school kid that did no sport. Um, I, I, I had suicidal tendencies. Like literally, I would cry myself to sleep most nights. And I was just so unhappy with the way things were. But people on the outside saw me as this very fun, spontaneous person that said yes to everything and made people laugh. And that, and that was cool. I mean, our humor, humor is a big part of my personality. Um, and I made a decision on New Year's 2013 going to 2014. It was my matric year at school. I decided that I no longer wanted to be this fat, overweight, unhappy kid anymore. So I changed on a biological level. I literally made this decision and that decision changed my life. And that was like eight years ago. So without going into too much detail, one thing led to another. I, I read up, I started going low carb. I started intermittent fasting. I started running, started doing all these things like nutrition wise and the weights just fell off me. And people literally, like in, in eight, six to eight months, I lost like 30 kilograms, 35 kilograms, so like 90 pounds. Wow. So I literally just transformed my biology overnight. But that in and of itself came with its own destructive tendencies because then I, over, I, I was overly worried about the way I looked. And that just brought to light, again, new things and new traumas in my life, which a lot of it was sourced from my difficulty with my father as a kid. So my mom and my dad divorced when I was really young. And my dad, I was never good enough for my dad. And he, he used to call me fat. And he used to, you know, essentially bully me. And I was also bullied at school. And it was very, very difficult for me. And um, that, that was brought to light when I lost all that weight and I, and I felt the joys of people like giving me compliments and things like that. So when I went on that San Pedro ceremony and that journey um, in the middle of COVID, prior to that, I had so much anger for my dad that I'd built up over the years. Um, but during that ceremony, we came together and we locked heads and I felt this forgiveness because I saw his pain as a child. I literally saw his pain that he passed down from his father to me. And I felt this ancestral lineage, this ancestral pain that had been passed down generation to generation. So we locked heads and I saw my ancestors dancing around us. And I saw them in union with us, like celebrating this forgiveness. And it had nothing, like my dad wasn't even there. That just shows you, it like, like he wasn't even there. But from that moment of forgiveness, it, it, it brought to light so much. So again, going back to that decision, decision one was me losing all of that weight and, the, and things just transgressed from there. Decision two was again during COVID and after the ceremony that I'm going to become the best creative I can be. So I, I started really focusing on my creative work, my art, my writing, my brand, things like that my podcast and whatnot. So that was decision two. For me now, like recently, decision three is really awakening this shaman within me. And I think as a modern man, there's so much, there's so much, 
there's a lot of pressure out there. Mm. And I think for me now, it's about when I go on Instagram or whatever, I just see people shouting at each other. I just see studies being shown, especially with, like, I know that we are in very similar realms, you know. I just see studies being thrown at each other. Everyone's saying, you must just do this, get sunlight, whatever, eat this, eat that, eat that. It's like everyone's just living in this echo chamber and they're just shouting at each other. And it's the the signal is not leaving the bubble that we're in, you know, because the average person at home doesn't really give a shit about, you know, the biohacking and, and whatnot. They just, they just need something, a concept to, to work with that's easy, but they also need to understand that they, they can heal themselves in, in a very easy way. It doesn't need to be complicated, you know. I know you've mentioned many times before, it doesn't need to be hard. And I realize I'm speaking all over the place now. So I'm trying to like rein my own mind back into the conversation itself. But it doesn't need to be hard, you know. It really doesn't. Because again, if I go back to that decision I made, I didn't have a nutrition coach with me or anyone. It, it literally came from the universe. Like I literally sat there, 2013 New Year's, there's an 18-year-old Josh, fat, he's a bit drunk and hungover. But I just looked over my friend's uh, apartment. We were at a dam, Harder Beer Sport in South Africa. And I just asked the universe for help. I was like, I really need help. Like, I need help. I want to change. And, and, and that's important too, is that people need to understand that I'm not for everyone. You're not for everyone. I'm for the person. I'm for, the, I'm for the, that Josh. I'm for those people that really want to change but they just kind of don't know how and or they may be using the wrong strategy because that's important because not to go into a big vegan debate now, but a lot of vegans have such good intentions. They, they want to be healthy. They want to help the environment, but that's not necessarily the right strategy. And we know that because I see you are getting sicker and you're getting ill, you're putting on weights, your bones are struggling, but you've latched onto this concept of veganism and it's so strong that it can destroy you you know what i'm saying and it's this external pursuit whereas if we listen to your body's wisdom you know deep down as a vegan you're craving a beautiful ribeye juicy ribeye because your body's wisdom knows that's what it needs you know you're not a herbivore you're an omnivore and barring more side on the carnivore side but that's the body's wisdom, you know? So my body's wisdom all the, all the way back in 2013 knew what it needed to do. Mm. But I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm perfect because in, 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 in those preceding years, those years after that, again, like destructive tendencies took over. But it was only until I saw the, 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 little, the little T trauma that had been passed down to me from, from my father. And there's no blame there at all. It's just like he was doing the best he could um, and then also had a mom who was anorexic that smoked 40 boxes of cigarettes a day, who, by the way, now is like fully almost 90% carnivore, doesn't smoke anymore. She does CrossFit. Wow. She's 64. Wow. So, yeah, there's so much like, I know there's so much that I'm bringing to the table. But the basic premise is, is that you have this inner guide and this inner knowing. And I know if people listen to that inner guide. They, they will know what to do. They really will. Um, but it, it's 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 very difficult when you've got mm-hmm. so much, so much noise. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, all I yeah. can say. 
Yeah, you've brought up so many amazing topics, but like, I mean, on a very, very, very high level, essentially, most of the forefathers of psychology say that essentially every and all mental quote unquote illness stems from an internal dichotomy. Hmm. And I think your phrase, awakening your shaman, awakening specifically like the inner shaman, because Hmm. we all have our inner shaman, we all have this innate ability to heal ourselves it all stems from actually just being true to yourself. And I think mm. as cliche as it sounds, that's what everyone's journey on this planet, especially mm. this modern world that we are living in. Mm. This is, I think, the crux of everything, really, because mm. we are all striving. We all know that at the end of following your heart and honoring your heart and being authentic, that is your freedom, mm. like period. Mm-hmm. Um and I just want to thank you for sharing a bit of your backstory. I mean, I, that's usually my first question, but we just got carried away. But I really appreciate, yeah, just thank you for sharing that um, with us. And I just wanted to highlight, like, you never know what the fuck is happening behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You never know. I mean, recently, the most, like, Twitch is still, like, dev- devastating me. Um, I don't know if you heard about Twitch no, no. committing what? suicide. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just also thinking of Robin Williams and you brought about, mm. you know, like how your mask was also comedy. Like everyone is battling in their own way. We mm. all have our own struggles. We are all going through this thing called life. And mm. I just want to highlight, like, be kind, be kind. Um, another point that I really want to highlight in order to be kind and more tolerant of people, like I've noticed this within my own self is that the more that I have become more self-actualized and more self-conscious and more self-aware, the greater tolerance I have for other people. And you highlighted that with your dad, the more that you became more and more in tune with your body, you were actually able to see your dad from whence, from whence he came, you know, like Mm. he's, everyone behaves. There's always a reason why someone's behaving. There's Mm. always a root cause why someone's behaving the way they are why someone's saying the words that they are saying and when you can understand that basic premise and that basic principle you ultimately build greater tolerance and ultimately greater love for other people even if they have caused you trauma Mm. so that's another powerful Mm. point that i just wanted to highlight um and then one more thing just before i forget um is you know, we are both very much involved in the nutrition health wellness space and it's um, very easy to get sucked in. And it's also very easy to uh, use the fact that we're in the health and wellness space to be like, oh, I'm doing good um, for like, for myself, for my body. I'm like, how can any of this be bad? Like, how can too much of researching this and too much of listening to this person and too much of exercising, for example, like how can this be bad because it's Mm. all under the realm of health and wellness. Like that's a bit of a mask, Mm. but technically like, and I found myself going there as well, like all this biohacking, all these things, like it's kind of just another band-aid and you're not really getting to the root cause. And I think how you're, how awakening your inner shaman is again, like another anchor that you can just keep going back to. Mm. And, um, Mm. Yeah, to find that balance because, yeah, it's very easy to get sucked into that echo chamber. Very, mm. very easy. And I mean, we're just speaking specifically of like health and wellness space. But I mean, I think any industry, any space, like too much of anything yeah. is not necessarily a good a good thing. I mean, even if it's eating healthy and exercising, like those are two very important things to optimize your health. But like there is also too much mm. of doing it, like 
orthorexia and yeah. just something that I've dealt with as well. And I just want to add that so, so something I've been thinking about recently, that's so true. If you think about these concept, concentric circles, I'm probably going to butcher this now. But like in the world of filmmaking and photography, which is like my full-time job, they say that if you on time, a good person to work with and you deliver, those are the three concentric circles. If you hit two of those, you're good. Like people will, so if you on time and you're a nice person to work with, but your work isn't necessarily great, people will still want to work with you because you're on time and you're a nice person. So you get the idea, right? I think about the same things in the health and wellness space is that if your eating habits and your exercise habits are so rigid that they don't allow you to go to a Rangiersecht market, which is this market in Cape Town, beautiful market, with your friends and enjoy a chocolate croissant every now and again because you're so rigid, then something is not right there. Do you know what I'm saying? If, if you go there by yourself and you buy five pies and take them home and eat them by yourself, that's destructive. But if you go with, the, if you go with your community and with the people you love and you enjoy being with, up, it's going to be good for you. It's it, it like the, you're still filling a portion of those concentric circles that's making up this mm. experience of being human. Do you know what I'm saying? So, mm. because mm. what I'm saying is, I've done that. I've, I've literally, in the past, I've literally said no to going out with friends, but I will go to the same market, go buy food for my cheat day, take it home, eat it by myself, feel sick, feel sick, watch a movie, wake up and be oh it's the next day so i'm just gonna now stay in a faster state and i'm gonna run and i'm gonna make up for it so i know that's a lot to take in but what i'm saying is is that yes the the it it, it's these things you got to think about as an inner shaman that make up who you are and no matter how much you try nothing is going to be perfect you're not going to get all the levers right you know I i feel like everyone's trying to find that moment where all the little knobs line up and you know the baseline of your life is just wow amazing but it's not going to be like that you've got to accept that there is just things that are outside your control do the best you can with what you have and you've got to let go every now and again you've got to let go of these Mm -hmm. expectations you have of yourself and let go of you know wanting to look a certain way all the time or whatever because it's, it's just not feasible (laughs) <laughs> for the most part so yeah no i couldn't agree couldn't agree more um trying to think um i had so many questions and now they've just like left my mind it's all good um, it's always nice to have the, a, a the... lull. <laughs> <laughs> see we're just being real right now yes. we're just being real yes, and exactly. on the rigidity thing um <laughs> on the rigidity thing uh I wrote it down and now there's so many notes. I can't even see my own handwriting. Um, yeah, I mean, I've lived the the rigidity thing as well. And sometimes it's even more important to go out and be social. And this is what I wanted to, this is what I wanted to speak about. Um, so let's say you brought the concept of a quote unquote cheat day. And I, I have been playing around. I don't know how I feel about, I don't know how I feel about a cheat day, like calling it a cheat day because ultimately you're labeling it as a bad thing. Hmm. Um, but just very, very briefly, I, yeah. like, <laughs> if you're like, I mean, yeah, so as I was speaking about rigidity, like, I also have, and sometimes still struggle with this, like, you know, cancelling arrangements, because no, I need to get this workout in, or, mm. you know, mm. like, just being a bit more strict, no, I can't eat that food, because it's got that on it, or whatever. Mm. But 
in in the context and we're bringing in community again in the context of like a community and a social gathering which again community and being social is, are like essential fundamental pillars of health you could like eat a piece of chocolate cake but if you're in a in a setting with people around you people who you love people who just uplift you and in just a calm parasympathetic state that cho- piece of chocolate cake is not actually going to be digested quite pretty well in your body mm. but if you're sitting there uh having this piece of chocolate cake but now ruminating and obsessing and being anxious about it that's not really going to be digested very well in your body mm. and it's probably going to cause even more stress so mm. It goes mm. back to being self-aware and having that internal narrative, like building that up, developing that in that within yourself to get you through these hard times mm. where you may feel triggered or anxious. But like if you are eating anything, regardless of what it is, if you are eating in a sympathetic state where you're completely stressed out of your mind, you're fearful or whatever, like your digestion basically shuts down because when you're running away from a tiger, the last thing your body's going to do is going to like... Mm optimize for a digestion yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. as opposed to like when you are eating in a calm social space like your your body is in a you know in a parasympathetic state so the opposite of stress the opposite of sympathetic state and your body will actually be able to optimize each and every one of those nutrients that you're eating mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and just with you know i <laughs> I kind of wish that I never got my first gym contract because as you mentioned in your own health journey, like the minute you started to become conscious of exercising and changing your diet, like you get stuck on that hamster wheel. Mm. Um, But I feel like part of the process, I mean, I'm great. I mean, yeah, anorexia or any eating disorder is not something that I wish upon my worst enemy. But part of that journey is it's almost like you go from one extreme to the other extreme. But now it's all about trying to find that balance again. And also, like, mm. I think the biggest thing for me where I am at right now in my recovery is like what that you brought about right in the beginning is that sense of like home. Like, I don't need anyone or anything external for myself. I shouldn't need that as validation for myself. Mm. Um, and you also brought about this, like getting stuck on ideas of where you should be, what you should look like all the things. And I would love to extend that into the floor of like the dating world, Mm. because like, it's so easy to meet someone, but then get completely stuck in the idea of them. Mm. When in actual fact, you haven't really stopped and considered, well, actually, genuinely, how does this person make me feel? Mm. Because it's very easy to get stuck in the idea of someone and like the aesthetic that they'll bring and the pictures you could take and like, Mm. the idea of the relationship that you could possibly get. But I have come short many a time, where actually, this person, if I if I'm honest with myself, and it's very hard to be honest with yourself sometimes, like it's not actually what I really want. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really enjoy that, and <clears throat> to be honest, like that that is one of still one of my biggest like pain points is dating per se, and been on many dates where I've just like. Again, you know, you either fantasize about the perfect life or you are just like, no, like what, like this, they don't fit into my perfect little like bubble that I've created for myself through, again, through like intense reflection and and manifesting, you know, not letting things just be and discovering and, and yeah, that, that is certainly something that quote unquote, I haven't mastered. So I don't have much experience 
on talking about that, but it, but for me, it, it is it's something that you have to like just let it be. You have to you have to let the wonder of somebody else, like you said, somebody else's presence, um, just inform your being. It's like how how does this person make me feel? You know, mm-hmm. do they do they make me feel like I'm at home? If so, geez, you fucking ninety percent of the way there. I would say, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's that's very important. I mean, any relationship, if it's romantic or not really like not romantic, there is, you know, this element of sacrifice and it always will be. And mm. I think as you mentioned earlier, and I've also spoken about a lot, it, it shouldn't feel forced, it shouldn't feel mm. hard. Not that, you know, doing hard things and challenging yourself is not important. Of course it's important, mm. but like mm. in a general sense of things, it life should feel effortless. Yeah. And life yes. I think would life feels effortless when you're when you are authentic to yourself and not trying to force yourself into mm. you know a circle if you are a square type of mm. thing. And I think that's where awakening your inner shaman comes into light as such an anchor for every aspect and every oh, keep bumping my microphone. Every aspect, every situation in life. If you can have that consciousness in within yourself, you can like move forward with that. And I love yeah. how you know along that you also speak a lot about meet, move, mindfulness. And you did mm. speak about, I mean, essentially consciousness, mindfulness was one and the same. Yes. Um, yeah. But please elaborate again for all of us. Meet, move, mindfulness. What does that mean? Yeah. I, to be honest with you, again, this just came to me like literally through the universe and through like hours and hours, especially during the COVID period of just writing stuff and tinkering and, um, and, but you know, if I, this is not like the nine tenets of health. Let me just outlay that. Like for mm. anybody that knows about living, so no, this is just the way I like to think about health and happiness. And I know that sounds like a big statement. Just take a sip of water. Um, health and happiness. But what I believe is that if you have one without the other, it it doesn't make any sense. So if you have health and no happiness, what the fuck is the point? You know, if you have all the happiness and no health, I, I don't think that's going to happen either because then you won't be able to do anything with the happiness. You're just going to be this person in a wheelchair that's like, yeah, I suppose Ramda just imparting wisdom on the world. But anyway, that's something else that I'm thinking about there. But so for me, meat, if we look, if we think about it, meat for your mind, you know, move for your body and be mindful for your soul. So that's mind, body, soul. And I've just broken it down. And this is this is not new. This is just a different way of expressing the same thing that's being said for millennia. Even awakening your shaman, your inner shaman. It's not mine. I don't own that concept. It's 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 something that has just been passed down from book to book. Buddha taught it, Jesus taught it. It's just a different way of expressing the same thing. But essentially the for me, the way to awaken your inner shaman is it's first and foremost meat is we cannot deny it's an ancestrally aligned food source you know it has to make up majority of your calories and i don't wherever you fit on the scale i again i'm I'm not saying whether you're carnivore because you're healing from decades of autoimmune issues where you're eating no plants or whether you're just a full-on omnivore it doesn't matter like meat is going to make up most of your calories and that's going to optimize your health in the best way possible because i've seen the way i got to this i've i went 
one of my second psychedelic journeys was in Netherlands at this beautiful place called the Nature Temple. It was it was so beautiful. It was it was a mushroom ceremony. There was a guy there that just looked so frail and so <laughs> just so not healthy. And and the first thing that popped in my head was Oh my gosh, this guy, this guy doesn't need a psychedelic ceremony right now. This guy just needs a simple intervention of ancestrally aligned food. He just needs some good nutrition. He looked like frail and here he was like trying to find himself with psychedelics. I'm like, no, that shouldn't be your first intervention. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there was something in that. And prior to that, on the bus, the, on the way there, on the bus, there was this overweight lady. So funny. I was sitting in the, in the bus overweight lady whips out this big old stinky broccoli salad and I nearly vomited. I nearly fucking vomited. And I was thinking to myself, like, again, strategy, like, shame. This lady, clearly, she's eating a broccoli salad on a bus. She wants to be healthier. But the, the strategy is just clearly not there. I mean, that that's not how... That is not the most nutrition, nutritional, nutritionally dense thing you could eat. And the funny thing is, everyone probably like wouldn't bat an eye, but if I whip out my steak and eggs, people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you, you, what are you doing? That's, that's not healthy. So again, meat like, should make the foundation. And um, we can maybe get into it later, but I'm, I'm building this like section on my website, this members-only section where you can go on, it's not that difficult, but you can go on, you sign up as a member, and I sort of break down what I think about meat, you know, meat for your mind. But the overarching premise is that when you eat ancestral land, quality meat-based products, you are feeding your mind, you know. I feel most calm and most at home, and I feel like my personality comes out and shines the most, and I feel more present and grounded when I am eating good food and I'm eating mostly meat. Um, and within that, if I just maybe just break that down further, which is all like in the section that I'm building as a resource, because I, I no longer want to be that person that's just shouting in an echo chamber on Instagram and sharing shit. I'm, I'm actually just sick of it. Like, I feel like I'm not achieving anything. I feel like I'm achieving more by building something on my website think of it as a book that just gets better over time like it's this book that just gets better and better over time but anyway carbs it's so nuanced and so bespoke you know like some people like a dad at home with three kids with pre-diabetes the last thing he needs is carbs you know of any source if you ask me got a belly doesn't need that if you're somebody who's very active you can probably see a visibly row of your abs. Carbs is probably going to be fine for you. When I say carbs, I mean like, you know, like... Whole food. Whole, whole food, food carb product. sources. You know, well-cooked white rice, sweet potato, uh, berries, fruit, things like fruit. that. Yeah, and then within that, again, if you think about your inner shaman, you might eat something and you might not feel great. Then you need to listen to your body and say, okay, maybe that's not for me now. Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe it's the carbs are going to come at another time. But again, the overarching theme is, you know, eating mostly meat and basing every single meal you have around an animal-based source of food. Yeah. So on that, just a few technical questions. Like yeah. by meat, yeah. um, just to clarify, it's not yes. necessarily like it's any animal protein. Yeah. Right. So again, eggs, um, fish, you know, red meat, chicken. chicken, pork, 
anything. And, yeah, go for it. No, no, no. Um, just because those sources are bioavailable sources mm. of nutrients and yeah. protein. Because yeah. if you zoom out completely, we are made up of protein and fat yes. in our bodies. And um, our bodies require essential amino acids and essential fatty acids. Essential because we cannot produce them endogenously. Um, so I just want to clarify this is the technical premise of why you are espousing and i also espouse this just for mental health reasons alone mm, mm. to incorporate animal foods and animal products yes yeah that's yeah. A, that's a very good point so yeah like again it, it 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 it's in my head and i'm trying to like describe it but that's a really good point is that any animal if it comes from an animal based source there is a high likelihood that it is going to benefit you in some way, shape, or form because we've lost touch with that. And most products these days are plant-based. We are on a plant-based diet at the moment, whereas meat has become this vilified mm -hmm. aspect of food that we shouldn't really eat. But, yeah, do you want to add to that? <laughs> so, again, it, and, and it, it, for me, it is about keeping it as simple as possible I, when I moved over to Amsterdam, I didn't have a lot of money. So I literally lived off of McDonald's, Burger Patties and Burger King for a while. The only difference is, is that the same two people can go to the same restaurants and eat there for a year and have two separate results. The one person's ordering mostly meat. He's saying no to the buns and the vegetable, uh, vegetable seed oil fried fries. And the other person is ordering every, anything and everything and getting addicted to it. But they will have completely different results, but they're going to the same restaurants. Like, so do the best you can with what you have. You know, a lot of people ask me, and especially, you know, my background coming from biohacking and things like that and virtue signaling and saying, oh, you only have to buy grass-fed organic. I don't, I don't subscribe to that dogma anymore. You do the best you can with what you got. So if that means living off of ground beef, that's just from pick and pay, local supermarket in South Africa, or buying the cheapest eggs you can find. It's still going to be better. That's still going to be better than snacking on Oreos mm. or bagels or Monster yeah. Energies. It's still going to be better. The cheapest mm. animal-based foods are still going to be better for you <laughs> than most yeah. of the shit on the shelves yeah. because the, the, the echo chamber that we live in, and I'm fully aware of it, and, and I, I always bring it up because I'm aware of it, is that there's this sort of like idea that if you're not doing that and you're not buying, you know, liver capsules and eating organs and stuff like that, that, you, that you're not healthy. And if you're not buying the best thing, you're not being healthy. And I just think that couldn't be further from the truth. It, it cuts off so much of the people that can benefit from it. It really does. Um, so, yeah, I sort of lost my track there, but you, you get the idea is that like mm -hmm. meats makes up the foundation of who we are as a species yeah um, yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say like our species appropriate diet we are omnivores like yes. a cat is an obligate carnivore if they mm. are not fed their diet that their physiologies expect they are going to get sick and, and the same do. too and applies exactly <laughs> the same the same the same applies with us um mm. and yeah. i i'm in the camp of i think maybe i need to just do a dedicate a separate podcast of what you know a whole foods and just diet wise um so stay tuned for that but yeah, yeah essentially cool. <laughs> just if it doesn't have an ingredient list like and if it came naturally from nature but i mean there's so much nuance i mean yeah anyway but that's yeah. for another podcast the food the food piece so yeah, yeah. Okay, so meat 
and then movement. So meat, yeah. So meat is for the mind and then movement for the body. So movement is anything that honors your sacred animal flesh. So for me, it's any activity that like thrusts you into this flow state. An, an activity that makes you sweat, challenges you physically. And this is inherently human. Like move to move is to be human. Like to not move is to die and wither and suffer the perils of whatever comes from being stagnant. And, you know, if you look at nature, something is either growing or dying. There's no in between. So movement is that. And this can be anything. This can be walking. This can be yoga. This can be CrossFit. This can be cold plunging. There's so much there. But again, it's just this concept, like move for your body. So you've now got the meat part, right? Cool. What's next? Now we're moving. Now we're doing something. And it's again, it's so bespoke. I don't like to prescribe to people too much on this. But I will say that like lifting weights or lifting something heavy has to be in there somewhere, you know, once a week or, or three times a week. Um, you can't just walk all the time like you can and that's okay but like as a species we, we most likely evolved moving like a bit of heavy logs every now and again for the fire or something like that you know like there's just certain things that that make up movement that I think you have to think about and your your inner guard your inner shaman knows that you have to do um, but that for me encapsulates movements and and some of my favorite forms my personally crossfit i'm a huge fan of crossfit just because of the variety of um the exercises you do lifting heavy weights and what i love about is is like the scalable nature of it so you can come and no matter who you are you will do something that day so if you can't do a muscle up like some of the people can do if you can't do a heavy clean and jerk we will either take the weight down we'll make you do a ring row we will, you will do something and you will do a workout and you will feel great afterwards. So I love the variety aspect of CrossFit. Um, but I also like the like stretching, you know, that's a part of movement. That's, that's challenging your body in a physical way. It's, it's not very important. Yeah. It's not, it's not something that comes naturally to me, which is why I enjoy doing it because it's challenging me physically. And it puts me into a bit of a flow state because when I am stretching, and I'm doing my go what every day, which is this app for like specifically for CrossFitters that do stretches and things like that. I'm not thinking about, you know, that conversation I had with somebody that maybe didn't go well. I'm, I'm completely and utterly involved in my body's wisdom and, and realizing, oh, wait, you know, you are in the moment now. It's, it's not as easy as you think. Um, and then like cold shower, I take pretty much, I take cold shower. I, I literally don't shower in in the heat anymore i literally only take cold showers which is weird to think about now but cold showers and jumping in the ocean when i can um because i'm a big fan of wim hof and his teachings and, and a lot of that i've gathered from him but when you expose yourself to the cold he likes to describe it as you you are activating this like reptilian brain or this this lizard brain but for me again it goes back to the inner shaman you are purposefully putting yourself under physical stress in order to be more resilient in the modern world. And you have to because the, the body-mind are not separate. I love that term, body-mind. And there's no, there's no hyphen in there when I describe it now. I used to, and I used to see the contradiction in that, but it's body-mind because 
if you physically can show up in a way that 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 you are proud of and you can do things that most people can't do that will mentally have an effect on things that maybe harmed you in the past so your physical body is so sacred and it's it's very likely the real the one real thing you have you know just to be able to touch your your body and feel it and like i said feel your heartbeat um i'm getting way off track now but like your your heart is so powerful and it affects every it, it affects your brain in more ways than you think so if you are feeling overwhelmed and you do feel your heart racing it's more likely just asking for for attention so another way i like to move is just take my hand and I put it on my heart and I close my eyes and I actually feel my heart racing and my heart beating. And it's that feeling that's so important that people forget. It's, uh, you've got to feel everything. It's about feeling things more. That's the paradox there is that people think that, that you need to be hard and resilient and run away from things because you don't want to get hurt or whatever. But the beauty is is with feeling it's feeling your heart and feeling the pressure and anxiety and the the not being able to breathe and and sinking into that uncomfortableness because when you do um your body's wisdom is activated and you get thrust into this into this open awareness and and beautiful beautiful things emerge from that so i know i know i went i was going off on a huge tangent there but you get the idea it's like you move for your body Um, exactly we yeah no, 100%. I mean, our, again, just as our physiologies expect whole foods, because food is actually just information mm. for our bodies, um, yeah. so too do our physiologies expect and require movement. And I just think I often, firstly, I actually fall asleep with my hand on my heart and one hand on my belly. Yes. It really does connect Beautiful. me back to myself. Um, wow. And I think I, I also really speak about this a lot with people who are struggling with anxiety or depression. Mm. It's like bring yourself back to earth by literally just, I mean, self-massage, mm. self-touch is so important. Mm. Um, but on the movement piece, another sort of thing that I often uh, tell people um, that's been helpful for me is like, when you think about being stuck, like if you're in an emotional place where you're stuck in life, like bringing it to the literal sense, like if you're stuck, you move, like mm. move forward. Um, so that's, I mean, yeah, as, as it just highlights again, the importance of like, our bodies expecting and requiring requiring movement. Um, mm. So I really, really love that. Mm, thank you. Yeah, and and finally, obviously, I've touched upon it a bit, but like mindfulness, mindfulness for the soul, and for me, mindfulness is this meta thread. It's like this cognition. It's this. It's the, it's the thing that holds everything together. Um, so so you can have the meats and do that. You can do the movements and whatever, but if you're not mindful, if you're not present and you don't have these certain things that you require as a human because of our consciousness, because of just the very way we've evolved, it, it also, not, it won't mean, like, things won't, your trauma, your past traumas will play themselves out and you you might get every single other aspect of your life right, but if you're not mindful and you're not aware of things that are happening and that's all it is. It's just awareness and it's bespoke. It's, it's individual. So p- different people will, ha- will have different things that they might be aware of in the moment. But again, going back, it's like for me, it's remembering and like you said, reconnecting with who you are. Um, 
And again, my favorite form is journaling, journeying with psychedelics, uh, meditation, forest bathing, intermittent social media fasting is another big one for me. Like literally, <laughs> like not going on your phone for the first four, six hours of your day and then like scramming your social media use into a block. I don't always get that right, <laughs> but it helps. It really it does. does because every time, if, if you just, if you, if you wake up, and the first thing you do is roll over and go on Instagram or go on any form of social media. You are just setting yourself up for a, a whirlwind because you've just opened Pandora's box. And yeah. you have to admit that to yourself. Like I had to admit that. Like as soon as I open up Instagram, my day changes. Like my day changes. Like all of a sudden now I'm a celebrity. All eyes are on me and I have to show the world what I'm doing. I have to, sh- I have to show people... I have to ask for attention and love because, again, I, I didn't really receive it the way I wanted as a kid with my father, so I have to admit that. <laughs> so sometimes I will do things to get that attention and get that love. So as simple as it sounds, like so, social media fasting has a big, big impact on your life. Um, and, um, again, one of my favorite ways is just like literally fasting with it. And you'll be surprised at how much you can get done in the morning when you intermittent social media fast. Yeah. yeah. You win your morning, you win your day. Exactly. Exactly. And if you do and that every day, you win your life. Yes, exactly. And and just admitting that and, and when you fast, um, you, you you kind of see what's really important to you and what you really need to be doing in life. Um yeah. So yeah, those I love that those so are much. like the those are the, again, like meat, movement, mindfulness, those are the three I don't know what to call like I haven't like modalities. I definitely won't call them tenants, <laughs> but three modalities that for me make us inherently human. Mm. But that's how you awaken your inner shaman is by focusing on those three every single day. And and if you if you focus on those, things will make sense. They might not make sense in the moment, and you might be confused at times. Um, but what I've come to understand, especially these the last couple of months with what I've been through. Um, is there has to be a letting go. There, like you, there, there is, um, there's this mantra when you, when you go on a psychedelic journey with a guide, with a guide that knows what they're doing, like trust, let go, be open. It's the hardest thing you'll ever have to do, but it's the most rewarding thing. So, but that I've carried that with me into my life now is that I have to trust and I have to let go and be open to it all. Um, and I know that sounds very, uh, it's maybe not concrete. And I know everyone's sort of looking for this concrete answer. But when you do that, you discover so many nuances and, and beautiful things that maybe you took for granted because you were a bit, you know, rigid and concrete, uh, like in your life. So again, a big part of that, my, my final decision is, is trusting, letting go and being open um, to, to the flow of existence and everything that's happening. Yeah. I really, really appreciate you sharing those, sharing all of this with us. I mean, awakening your inner shaman and then meet, move mindfulness and specifically like meet, move mindfulness. I almost think it's like the lowest hanging fruit Mm. that you can begin to work through for anything in life. And I'm just something I'm very passionately outspoken about is just the power of lifestyle interventions to completely revolutionize your entire state of being. Why this is so close to my heart is that I see it 
so many people being diagnosed with labels mm. when oftentimes those labels are actually completely it's like misdiagnosis yeah. and then when you take on that label you take on that whole persona of a sick person when as we have been speaking this whole time our bodies have an innate ability to heal themselves if they are put in the right environment to do so mm. like mm. very very simple example is if you cut yourself watch how your body will form a scab and heal like mm. that is just on the most simplistic level and like every single cell in our body if it's put in the right environment to do so it can heal itself. Mm. However, it's so easy to just go to a doctor with a problem and then they just prescribe you with a pill. Mm. It's so much easier to take a pill than do the quote-unquote hard work. However, what Meat Move Mindfulness brings to the floor is if you can implement that um, into your day-to-day -day lives and if you take action and be proactive, mm. take the driving wheel of your car, not having to rely on any pulls because, again, that's not necessarily getting to the root cause of why something is happening in your human experience because, as we've mentioned also before, there's always a reason. There's a root cause. Something doesn't just, like, appear out of nowhere. Mm. Um, and I, mm. I really do love that these, you know, meet, move, mindfulness specifically highlight actionable, low-hanging fruit that mm. you can do before you start taking a medication, because as we know, medications come with an array of severe, mm. severe side mm. effects. Mm. Um, if you think about it, medications are like so new in our human history. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking specifically of antidepressants and like, I mean, statins also come with an array of, <laughs> of side effects and metformin and malabsorption mm. and like, it's, I mean, a pill is so small. A pill is so small, yet it can have such a powerful effect on the body. Yeah. And again, as you mentioned in one word, I love it that mind, what is it? Body, mind. Like that should actually be one word because you cannot compartmentalize yeah. that. Yeah. So what do you think? There's always somewhere in your body is going to respond to this pull, this powerful mm. pull that you're putting in inside of yourself. Mm. So again, I, I'm of the opinion that Yes, it's it's a it's a lot slower and it's it's a longer process to to you know pick the low hanging fruit and change your lifestyle. It's very fucking difficult, mm -hmm. but it's probably like the best gift that you could ever give yourself. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there are situations where in acute in like in an acute situation and an emergency situation. Yes, oh my gosh, I, I mean that's why Western medicine is so good, specifically for emergency medicine. Yes, but and like acute you know cases, but like to know that our bodies can heal themselves is so empowering mm. it's so empowering and mm. again meat like so are you addressing your nutrition what are you feeding your body because food everything that enters your mouth is information for the body and mm. um, every single food has a hormonal response in your body look at your nutrition are you moving our bodies as we've mentioned require you know movements like our cells need to move and just lymphatic drainage and all the things. Um, and again, it can be for, it can be going for a walk. It can be implementing breathing while you're going through a walk, like listening, dance, putting music on, going for a dance, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Again, it should not feel hard. Yes, we do want to challenge ourselves for sure. But like do stuff that you enjoy because again, that's also, if you're doing something that you enjoy, that's actually honoring your authenticity. That's actually awakening your inner shaman. And then this mindfulness again is becoming aware of what you actually as a person like to do. So mm. I think those three things, meet, move mindfulness, are like the crux of everything. And it's so beautiful. So thank, thank you. you for for sharing all of that with us, Josh. Thank you so much. And and I'll just something just popped in my head. I just want to say as well, because just because of the community that we are in, again, you have to think about 
you were sick for a reason, you know, and I was over, yes, I was overweight for a reason. And yes, eating meat was a huge aspect of healing that, but there, there was a reason behind it. Something happened, you know, and, you know, although I'm not a big fan of like, uh, going back to your traumas and ruminating on there, but there's a reason you were that way. And, and you have to uncover that reason. Otherwise you get these people that just virtue signal online and they create whole identities. Like you said, they create whole identities. You know, I like to call them the, the carnival Karens of the world that create these whole identities based on the diet. It's like, okay, cool. I understand that, but you are so much more than your diet. Mm. Um, you, you are Kelsey. And you've got so much more to offer than just creating this uh, this 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 machine that feeds you love online. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to add that. Like, it, you go back to the root. Go back to the root as well. Challenge yourself to to go to the root cause of of mm. why you were actually sick because it didn't just happen. <laughs> yeah, no, there was for a sure. reason. There's a reason it happened. Yeah. I think um, it was Freud who said nothing is insignificant. Yes. Literally nothing is insignificant. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan of a quote and on my on my page, which uh I'm sure Kelsey will link in the in the description or whatever, but Nietzsche said that there's more wisdom in your body than your deepest philosophy. So that quote alone So true. Um has profoundly impacted me uh going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Thank you so much. So I have one more question for you. But before I get to that question, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they listen to your podcast, watch your videos on YouTube, all the things? Cool. So yeah, at uh, Josh Sneeman. So Josh underscore and then Sneeman like on, on Instagram. And then my podcast is called Awaken Your Shaman on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And then, yeah, I'm sure if you Google just Josh name, it's Josh Sneeman on Google. I trust people enough to Google these days. You'll find like all my links and things like that. So, yeah, um, I look forward to putting out some more content next year. I'm taking like a little bit of a break uh, during the December period just to reset and recalibrate. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to to the, ne- to the next phase. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, my last question was, what is in the pipeline for Josh? So you can maybe elaborate more. Yeah, so in the pipeline, so on my website, again, I'm building this like members only section. I honestly like to think of it as a book because that's what it is. So I'm, I'm basically building a book in public. I'm actually writing a book in public, basically, which is pretty, pretty cool to think about. But it's broken up into three sections, the, the, three, the three sections, which is meat, movement, mindfulness. And each one just not, not telling you what to do, not being your guru, not being a shaman, just from my perspective, just outlaying simple ways you can optimize your health and happiness going forward. And again, that's not to say that I have the answer. I want to reiterate that like 100%. This is N equals one. Uh, there's there's still many pain points in my life that I haven't quote unquote figured out. But when I think about what I spoke about earlier, the letting go, I can't not do this just because I haven't perfected something or I haven't mastered some aspect of my life or whatever. No, because people can still benefit. So again, go on the website, you sign up as a member. For now, it's actually free because I'm soft launching it and I, and I want feedback from people. And I know original members of my website have access to that. 
And then I forgot to mention as well, I have a weekly newsletter, which I send out. Again, if you type in Awaken Your Shaman on Substack, it's this like newsletter um, platform, you'll get it. It used to be called The Weekly Brew, but I'm trying to make everything easy to digest. So now it's just called Awaken Your Shaman. But I will send out a weekly post on meat movement mindfulness, things that I'm pondering, you know, tweets that I'm finding interesting that relates to this, that can help people. Because again, there's so much noise, but um, my job right now is just trying to take the noise and just sort of package it into a more digestible form so that I can actually live my life as well. So the whole idea is that this resource, this book, this framework will just live there. And anybody I come into contact with, I can just say, go there and look what it's about. So it's not about me constantly proving my worth by, you know, sending tweets, making YouTube videos, which which I'll still do. I still love doing that stuff, but I've also got to live my life and and savor it. You know, I, I don't know who said it, but what is that quote? Like, I wake up every day torn between the desire to savor the world and save the world. But then the, the the crux of that is like, what's the point of saving the world if you don't savor it? You know. So I feel like I'm very much in that <laughs> phase of my life now where I'm I'm savoring it more. But that doesn't mean that I, I want to stop with the thing that actually brings me lots of joy, which is, you know, creating content and, and creating stuff that can maybe help people in some way, shape or form. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. That's so exciting, Josh. I will thank link you. everything in the show notes and thank you for coming on the show. Thanks round for three for me. us, but <laughs> yes. round, <laughs> round one on the human theater and to many more. And yeah, I mean, really just thank you for empowering us and for, yeah, I think that word empower is, is a mm. very pertinent word because we do have the power to curate the lives that we want to. Mm. And thank you. So thank, thank you. Thank you because I see the work you're putting out and the content you're putting out and, um, and your knowledge base is like, un- it's unprecedented compared to most people I know. So yeah, thank you as well for the stuff that you're doing. It's amazing.